This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event. Let's get ready to scale Agile. Ron Cortell and Alan Daly talk about what Fast Agile excels at. What's one thing that Fast Agile's better at than anything else in the world? Organizing people around work at scale. Self-organizing people around work at scale. Okay. There we go. (laughs) Yes, because there's other ways of organizing people around work. Command and control actually works really well, right? You do this, you do that, you do that. Right. So now I've, I've organized people around work, but self-organizing people around work at scale, right. that's where, um, that's fast strength. Yeah, and I don't think you can command and control people in every aspect because if it requires a complex amount of work, you can't command and control people to do it. They have to know how to... Um, self-organize anyhow. So for example, if you're just telling somebody, hey, go change a light bulb, okay, that's pretty easy. You could probably right. command and control pretty much anybody. Um, if it's something complex that other people don't know very well, including the person who's doing the ask, it's yeah. a whole different aspect. Yeah, and this is this is why Agile was born, right? Because um, Agile is really good at in that complex space. If you think of the Kinevan model, Agile right. fits in that complex space. The Kniffin framework is a conceptual framework used to aid in decision-making. There are different kinds of problems that happen in the world, and if you use the wrong strategy, things don't come out very well. Uh, So the model is a quadrant, though there's a middle part, which is called disorder, which is in the middle of the quadrant. And there are four parts of of the quadrant, The first is obvious or simple. Here it's easy to apply a solution because everybody knows it. In the complicated domain, we can spend some time thinking about it and analyzing before doing something about it. In the complex domain, we don't have time or can't understand it through analysis. It gets us nowhere. So in that case, we probe it against some measure and then try something and then check its response. In the chaotic domain, it's moving so fast that we don't even know where to probe or of course to analyze. And so we just act, we try something and then we see how it worked out. Ticketing systems and services work well in the simple domain because everybody knows what they need. Complicated and complex domains are generally where software development 
uh, lives in that space, creating a new solution where we know some of the requirements, but not all of it. It's not well so completely well understood. You could just write down on a napkin exactly what you need and hand it to somebody and they will know exactly what to build. The chaos domain are situations such as where nobody knows what to do. So maybe a live system went down, nobody knows why it went down or what part of it went down, and that's a typical emergency situation which are in the chaos domain. So you use the right tool for the right job. So if your space that you're working in is complex, then Agile works really well because it's like unknowns and it's good at probing and, and drawing and drawing those down. And this is where I think Waterfall's gotten a bad rap and I think there's still a space for it because if you're in that complex, complicated space and you're not in the complex space, use Waterfall. It's, it's, it works really well, right? Like you said, if, if my job involves, um, you use the example of the light bulb, if there are like all jobs that are that kind of there's just lots of jobs that aren't complex but right. there's just a lot of them right i.e. it's become a complicated problem waterfall can work just fine and to well to change one light bulb that's simple but to change a, th a, a, a large campus with a lot of buildings that's now I think uh is it complicated? It's complicated. And complicated. now you yeah. can figure out, well, if I can change three, three light bulbs, in, you can measure how much time it takes to do yeah. a certain amount of work, and you can probably mm -hmm. abstract that out using algebra and come up with a pretty good estimate. Yeah. And most building is, um, I might be going out on them here a bit, you know, most building projects are complicated. They're in that complicated space because all the complex problems are already solved, right? So they worked out, they know how long it takes for cement to dry, they they know the soil conditions, and so they can they can engineer. Yes. They can draw everything up, come up with a plan, and then they just execute that plan, right? Mm. So this is a complicated problem mm. that works well in a waterfall Gantt chart manner, right? And this is how we build things. And they've done it so many times that it's pushing towards right. the simple. And they know how long they go. This building will take this long, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's waterfall. It works really well. What went wrong is we thought that that would work for software. It didn't because software it turns out is in this complex space. So Agile was born, and now when when we hit Agile at scale, here's where I think we went back to the people that are thinking the wrong way. That, right, they're using complicated thinking, came up with complicated solutions to Agile at scale. Mm -hmm. Versus, I said no, no, no. So when I saw our open space, I'm like, this is this is using complex. And in fact, I'm going to go into I'm going to move it one further. Chaos. Mm. And this is where um, Harrison Owen is the he's the father of open space. Oh. Harrison Owen talks about chaos as chaos chaos is where invention happens, right? You can't stay in chaos because right, it's expensive, it takes a lot of time. Well, and things <laughs> things 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 don't if, if I say the word chaos, people think negative, right? They yeah. think everything's everywhere, and, and, and you're kind of right. But uh, chaos is also a, a very creative force, and if natural order falls out of chaos. So when you look at the natural order that's in the world, that all started from a state of chaos. Um, and, and so Harrison Holland says, we use chaos as a, as a, as a force for order, of natural order. 
So every open spaces event is a chaotic event. I'm creating chaos. And that's why when you read open space, you're like, that's nuts, that could never work. You get 800 people in a room, with, and you're going to go, all right, we're going to have a one-day conference here, and there's no agenda. Right? It, when I describe it that way, you go, that can never work. And you go, well... <laughs> Who would go, pay to go there? <laughs> yeah. And then, you, and then you, people are just going to stand up, and they're, they're going to go, and you go, that sounds like chaos. And you write it where it is. But it's a very small amount of chaos that, that I immediately let fall back to natural order. And so chaos is this very beautiful space where if you let, um, when you let people self-organize, you want chaos because then that creates natural order. Mm. And natural order is, I don't know. So when you go to an open space event, I can't say who's going to stand up. I cannot imagine what that marketplace is going to look like. Mm. I'm relying on natural order from chaos to populate that wall. Yeah, I, I, I don't phrase it as creating chaos because sometimes that's a very trigger phrase, right? It is. I say you're tapping into the chaos. You're yes. pulling some of the good we call the it, good results, the good energy that comes out of chaos. Yes, you, I'm using the positive aspects it's of chaos. where innovation Surfing comes from that. From chaos. Like yes. companies have, um, you know, uh, innovation days or uh, hackathons, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, hacker days, whatever. Yeah. Go work on whatever you want. Let's see what comes, you know. They're, they're inching the the company a little bit closer to, to chaos, chaos to pull right. something in that could be valuable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, um, that, this and that's what where called. Gmail came from, right? It, it's 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 tapping a little bit of the chaos to get some of that energy and ideas and innovation into the system. Yeah, when you're so used to just doing the same old thing, let's pull something in. Surf- and so that's what Open Space lets you. Yeah, do. yeah. Surfing on the edge of chaos. Yeah, which is a title of a book. And, and I've been reading a lot about, about chaos. Um, Harrison Owen talks about it. He talks about um, the uh, he talks about the proactive organization, which is the command and control. A proactive organization loves um, order, right? And the, the enemy, the, uh, not order, everyone loves order, but they love um, control, right? A proactive organization says, we, we, if we can control everything, we can make this much next quarter and we can control the growth and we can control... Everyone wants control. But uh, he says, well, let go of control and then and embrace order instead. So he says, move from the proactive organization into the interactive organization. This is where you start to embrace chaos. So an interactive organization is this new level where people are self-organizing, self-managing. This is this brave new world that we're, we're getting into. Um, DHOC calls it the chaotic organization. Chaotic? Yeah, where order comes from chaos. So D. Hawk wrote a book called um, One from Many, which is a story of Visa. How Visa was born out of... There were no managers at Visa for, like, during its birth. It was all around um, self-organization. And so he talks about how these these organizations can work chaotic organizations so i think the word chaos is going to become more into into this brave new world but but we understand it differently um but you're right we have to tread carefully with that word because it's still viewed how it's viewed but we've moved from how you can see how we've moved from complicated to complex in agile 
And now we're now we're just pushing that right. We're drilling, drilling down a little bit, tap some of tapping that, into chaos. Tap some of that energy out of the chaos yeah. to and make things open, more interesting. Yes, and yeah. so uh, open space and and fast sits on that border of chaos and complex, and it dips into chaos long enough to get natural order, untether creativity, and then and then sit in that complex space where where things can form. But we just keep dipping in and out of com- com- chaos to complex. It's cool. Good thought. Now, what action would you like the audience to take? Uh, I think they should all pay us some money to get certified. What do you think? <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. We'll write our certification class. <laughs> <then, laughs> uh, Quick inventor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a pyramid scheme, like Alan's number two on this pyramid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm number two. Oh, yeah. Just think of the money that we got. Um, action. Uh, action. Action is is to untether the human spirit. Um, my favorite book is uh, Seven Day Weekend by Ricardo Simler. I think that really captures that spirit of of what that can mean for organizations. Like start start looking at other ways that people can organize. That's that's my call to action. Um, and pay for, pay for certification. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there, there will be no uh, certification. I'm saying that right now because I, it's not about the amount. Yeah, I, I would ask people to think about flow. Think about descaling. Why do you have to scale so big? Is that really where the value lies? Is creating huge amounts of scale? The way you descale is look at your flow, and it will show you your flow process, how you get from idea to done. Those places that are constricted and so on will show you where you can descale and where you can decouple and where you can become better yeah. at what you're doing. And I'll, I will bet you, you know a beverage of your choice people out there that when you look at your flow the problem is not your teams mm-hmm. it's somewhere else yeah. the thing that's slowing you down the most is not your teams and it's not even communication between your teams it's something else somewhere else my name is Alan Daly I've been an agile coach for uh, more than a decade now used to be a software engineer I discovered that the human side the relationship side of technological creativity is really the place where my passion lies and becoming an agile coach is how I have been able to live that uh, and apply that passion in my life. I live in Gilbert, Arizona near Phoenix. Love it there and um, I'm reachable on Twitter as at Daily Agile, all one word, D-A-Y-L-E-Y Agile. And uh, you can find me other places around the web. Hi, I'm Ron Quartel. I'm a software developer and recovering agile coach. <laughs> um, currently working as a software developer. And in the Pacific Northwest, been here 11 years and love it up here. I imagine living in anywhere else now. You can find me on Twitter at Ron Quartel. Fast Agile, you can find the website fastagile.io and um, there's a contact us page there as well, which if you go there, that will get you to, to me. Oh, oh.
fragile thoughts wants your help. However you find our show, be it through iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation systems, go ahead and leave us a review. Click some stars. And that will help us grow the show. Thank you. This episode is the last of a series that started with episode 43. Go to the podcast archive to find any episode that you may have missed. Also, Fast Agile was represented by a panelist, by Alan Anarchy Daily, during the Agile Framework Fight Night series. That series was recorded on the podcast and starts with episode 35 and runs to episode 42. And it's a great way to compare and contrast Fast Agile with the other scaling frameworks. There are links to everything in the show notes.